Leading off with a big story of the day, here's The Drive. Mac, Matt Smith, KJ, Drew, you, and here we go. Can you beat us and pick them? Can you beat King me? King Supers fan, easy. King Super, well. It's true. I'm the defending champ. Put King some respect Supers on my fan name. football pick them. It's going. Today, the NFL kicks off right here on the fan. The Chiefs, maybe without Travis Kelsey, I don't know. Go against the the kneecap eaters, Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. Let's go, Lions. Come on, Lions. Get it done. The weekly winner gets $250 to King Supers. The grand prize winner gets groceries for a year. Register now to beat Matt Smith specifically at denversports.com slash picks. This is it, man. We are here. The NFL season is freaking here, and I could not be more excited. Sure, there's a couple of weird college games out there tonight too, but it's, I don't think. Well, maybe there might be. There, yeah, there always, might be a couple. There, there always is. Yeah, Louisville plays at five. Yeah, I told there you. you. There you told go. you there was. Who are they playing? Uh, it doesn't matter. Somebody. Yeah, okay. who cares? Because we have the NFL, which is awesome. In terms of the Broncos, man, we're we're getting it going. We'll be down there at a good old Mile High Station again, and pregame shows from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. It has just got you covered top to bottom. Can't wait for it. And um, it looks like Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy, very interesting. According to Mike Kliss, was pretty active today, running around, looking good, chasing footballs and butterflies, and looking like he could play if he needed to. Well, that's what I read yesterday, is that there's an outside chance that he could actually suit up on Sunday, which is probably why, if we look back now, the reason for that cryptic tweet. Probably because instead of talking about, you know, being without Jerry Judy for four or five weeks, we were really looking at being without Judy maybe for a week. Okay. Hey, glad to hear it. Glad to see it. Knock on wood. It was a couple weeks ago where he was being carted off. Uh, I understand they used the card for precaution, but being there and seeing it happen, it didn't look good. But, hey, okay, whatever, man. I'm, I'm pumped. I will welcome Jerry Judy back as soon as he can... Come back, and it's great to hear that he's been working out and is at least close. Do they have to have Jerry Judy in this game? I don't think so. It begs a bigger question about, you know, well, man, you don't want to play him for one game to miss four more games. I mean, But that wasn't the question. You said, do they have to have him? Do they have to have Jerry Judy? I didn't say, do you have to play him? You don't have to. You don't have to have Jerry Judy. Okay. It'd be better if you did. Uh, Chandler Jones. Man, I am catching up on this Chandler Jones stuff, but... Yeah, dude's off the wall. Dude is... Dude really seriously may be off the wall. Yeah. Like, meltdowns on social media, calling out Josh McDaniels and other people, throwing out just some crazy language on social media and not being allowed in the building and not with the team. Now, he hasn't officially been ruled out, but uh, even Adam Schefter this morning with uh, Mike and Mark said it was highly unlikely that he plays. Well... I mean, if you think back to the season he had last year, it was his worst career year. He was terrible after they gave him a huge contract in the offseason. So I imagine they're not happy with him in the first place. Now you're dealing with a guy who it clearly looks like is de- dealing with some mental health stuff. Well, the quotes from uh, Josh McDaniels, Hurricane Josh, and it does sort of reflect and, and lead you in, in that direction, that there's 
other factors going on here that have to be dealt with. Yeah, you don't have to be a scientist to figure this one out. Just look at what the guy's posting on social. You don't do that unless something's going on. And I, I hope they didn't get the help he needs. I absolutely agree with you. Um, the mental health stuff is nothing to be snickered at or taken lightly. So uh, whatever's going on, I hope for the best for him. That being said, just game-wise, well, okay, I guess he's not playing. And then you go through the rest of the Raiders, and you just hope that this is another Hurricane Josh McDaniels story, that they just can't get their act together, and it all melts down. Yeah, because but you're I'm, still going to have to deal with Max Crosby. You, you, That's damn right about that, and he's fine. And their top five pick, I think, what's his name, Tyree Wilson? He'll probably start opposite of Crosby if Jones is out. Correct. And and this is another situation like, woof, you know, Chandler Jones. But then again, we saw Mike Mc, Captain. Captain Mike McGlinchey. Captain McGlinchey. Captain McGlinchey. Not Captain Bowles. Captain McGlinchey. We saw Captain McGlinchey have some real tough days going against Nick Benito. So just because it's not a big name out there doesn't mean, you know, like, oh, man, what a, what a break for the Broncos. No, that's been one of the things that we're going to have to see the Broncos overcome. They're going to have to overcome the fact that Mike McGlinchey basically missed all of training camp, mm-hmm. and his very first game is going to have to deal with Max Crosby, and then fast forward to week two where you got to deal with the entire commander front. The Broncos' offensive line has to look better than they did in the preseason, and I, I hope they will. I do. I hope they will. We're finally going to have a chance to see them as a cohesive unit for the very first time. That'll be nice. What's your uh, take on Bolsey not getting the get I'm fine with it. captain nod? I'm fine with it. Garrett is probably on his way out of town here in the next couple of years anyway. Do you think that's, this is a possible indicator? Well, if, you, if this is the only indicator you needed other than his play on the field, this training camp. I think this came out after Sean Payton had a chance to see a full training camp from Garrett Bowles. And I like Garrett Bowles. And he sticks up for his teammates, man. He does. He goes to war for his guys. And I respect the hell out of that. But for the future of this franchise, if you're trying to change the culture, I can see where Sean Payton is coming from. I can. Okay. I think it says a lot. And I think it's got to be a little disappointing for Bowlesy. I think it would have been a nice nod, a nice little pat on the back for – you shrug your shoulders. It's a new world. It's a new world. You know, what? Get with it or get left. That's kind of the Sean Payton way. The guy's been with it for years. Yeah, but not with Sean Payton. That's the difference. Okay, but Justin Simmons hasn't been with Sean Payton. He's a captain. Yeah, Kareem but Jackson Justin Simmons played like a star on the field the first Portland week and Sutton a half. hasn't been with Sean Payton. He's a captain. New culture, new era. And I also think it indicates they're probably going to be moving in a different direction. I agree. I think it's an indicator. I think it's not just, uh, I don't think it means nothing. I don't think it means everything. It's just, uh, let's just keep it in mind. Well, who are you more financially committed to, Mike McGlinchey or Garrett Bowles? Mike McGlinchey. Right. End of story, pretty much the way I see it. It does make me wonder that Bowles, you know, there was some thought and debate about them just Moving on from him, um, you know, before the season even started. Well, that hasn't happened. He'll he'll be starting on Sunday. But we got to keep our eyes on that trade deadline. We'll see where the season's at. I mean, this is a this is a team that traded Von Miller. You trade Von Miller, you can trade anybody, depending on how things are going. If they're mid-year at the deadline talking about moving bulls, it's going to be an ugly year. No doubt about it's it. It's going to be an ugly But I hope but, that's I mean, not look, the case, C-Max. Chubb, DT, Emmanuel Sanders. I got you. Von Miller. You want me to keep going? I got you. It's I mean, just it goes not, and goes. It's just not really the position that they're in right now. Right now, they got to they gotta let this year ride out. However, if you make it to the deadline and you are 
three, four games under 500, that's a different discussion. Well, let's see what Max Crosby can do because he's wrecked shop in the past. But I will say to defend the Broncos just a little bit, we have only seen a very small amount of what Sean Payton is going to bring to the table here. Fair enough. I'm excited. I'm uh, really pumped up for let's, it. Let's go. I mean, I could give you an early prediction right now. I think well, the Broncos I, I think the Broncos are going to win 30-17. to 17. I like it. Two sco- almost, almost two scores. Uh, I think they're going to be up 23-17. So I think they're going to have a nice – the offense is going to put up 23, and I think they get a turnover, touchdown. Well, how good would that feel, huh? It would feel great. Start the year, you score 30 at home, and you snap the losing streak to the Raiders. I think you get 23 on the offense, and I think the defense produces some sort of pick six, scoop and score, something. They, they – they force a uh, pretty boy into a mistake, okay. and they they make it happen. And, and pretty we're, boy, we're all we're pretty all, boy. We're all dancing uh, up and down and celebrating. And Josh McDaniels goes out in shame once again. But it's been a minute since the Broncos beat the Raiders. Six straight games. Uh six or seven. Six straight. Six. Six straight. Okay. They've lost to the Raiders seven straight times when Josh Jacobs has played. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So the, he took a game off. He took a game off, or he was hurt. Yeah. <laughs> So you've lost seven in a row with Josh Jacobs, six in a row total. So you haven't beat the Raiders in three seasons. Golly, man. Swept three years in a row. You know, we focus on this Kansas City thing. It's more embarrassing, I think. The but Raiders then you lost. look at the Raiders streak, and, and that's pretty rough, too. I mean, because think about it. It's not like those were good Raider teams. Not like those were playoff teams. You know what I mean? Like, they, you had one that they barely made the playoffs because they squeaked in there. But outside of that, those were not great Raider teams. Like, it's not like you're losing to the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and the best player in the NFL as the Raiders, a sorry franchise that can't get their act together. Well, what does that say about you? Well, we'll keep our eyes, too, on what's going on with the Raiders and what they're doing today, and we'll give it all to you coming up. Back to the Wickersham piece. We Mm. covered where Sean Payne as as an individual was just kind of lost, I guess. Guys are loving. Happened so fast. He's up in Coeur d'Alene. He's bumping around. He's he's just trying to figure things out. The piece then goes on about him coming to the Broncos. It does. And, you know, he talked about how when he originally moved from Chicago to San Diego State to be an assistant coach back in, what, 89, 88, they broke down in Denver, ironically. Mm-hmm. I hope we don't have to use that phrase again this season. Mm-hmm. But Sean Payton comes to the Broncos. He's re-energized, right? He has something to fulfill his time now. But what's interesting is he's not your typical NFL coach who gets there at 5 a.m. Sean Payton, according to this piece, sets his meetings later than most NFL head coaches. They're, they're meeting at 8 to 9 o'clock. He stays up till 2. Th- he keeps my hours is basically the hours he keeps. He's a night owl as opposed to some of these guys who get there 4.35 a.m. and they're, you know, they're at the crack of dawn with the donuts and the coffee. Meanwhile, Sean Payton's getting in, and probably the reason he gets so jazzed up with a couple of lattes is because he's having them around like 10, 30, 11, right? Yeah, he's a bit of a late starter and then burns the midnight oil or 2 or 3 a.m. oil. And what's also interesting about Sean Payton is just how much Bill Parcells means to him. Everything. That, that was a constant theme throughout this piece. Parcells told him to avoid the landmines. And then Sean, a little bit later, says, well, sometimes maybe I seek out the landmines. He does. He cares about the size of the Christmas tree in the lobby of the team facility, which makes you wonder, like, what's the difference between attention to detail and making mountains out of molehills? Well, how about how about for years and years in New Orleans, he would stare daggers at a guy on the sidelines who, come to find out years later, was actually the on-site concussion doctor and not the NFL spy he yeah, thought he yeah, was. Yeah, that's, that's an odd anecdote because 
if you question who this guy is right off the bat, why is it taking a long time to figure out who yeah. he is? <laughs> why wouldn't you just go up to him and be like, hey, man, what do you, what do, you do? What, what's, what's your deal here? All right, so we've got a guy. <laughs> but, like, you go for a long time and just assume he's a spy? I mean, that is, like, you want to. Matt, that, that means you want to create something in your mind. You want to develop something that's not really there. Oh, that was just one of the many examples of that in the piece. He's constantly suspicious of the league. First of all, he hates Goodell. Hates Goodell. Let's get that out of the way. Screaming at Goodell face-to-face, both both faces turning red, yelling at each other. Well, that was what happened during the appeal of his suspension. He met with Goodell in person, and he yeah. said the meeting ends up with them just yelling at each other. It does explain why when the Owazirikie, um s- suspension went down that he first castigated the league – Without really knowing all the details with any. Well, it explains why he's constantly taking shots at the league no matter what the scenario. Correct. The Bounty Gate stuff stings to this day. And he feels, and he went to Goodell with evidence of a trickle-down impact. Not that the referees were directed. But you don't have to be directed if you know how the league feels about things. At least according to Sean's conspiracy theory on this. When he looked at how penalized the Saints were over the years. Well, I think he was so upset because this type of suspension for a head coach was unprecedented. The last time a head coach had been suspended without pay for a full season was 1978. How worried should Broncos fans be that the referees may take things out on the Broncos, not because they're the Broncos, but because Sean Payton is has an antagonistic relationship with the league. I think it's something to keep an eye on because when they had their big owners meeting where there were a bunch of executives in the room, he came out and presented how they were bottom 10 in penalties drawn every year. They were like 30th, 31st, 31st, and 32nd. So clearly there's a lot of outside influence where he's saying everybody is against me. Boy, that is something to keep your eyes on, and that's something that could impact wins and losses on the field, no doubt about it. Well, you know, it, it, it painted a picture of a guy who feels singled out. But I think if he really looks at the situation, 30,000-foot view, and in his defense, he even noted that he expected some sort of heavy, you know, uh, punishment from the league for, for Bounty Gate. But this is a guy who, first of all, doesn't give second chances. That's number one. If you burn Peyton, you've burned that bridge. That was pretty clear by his personality. He's constantly towing the line of being an aloha. Is to, to quote Cecil. He's constantly towing that line of having people on edge, and he even notes in this piece when he was meeting with Wickersham just a few weeks ago in his office that he knows he's rubbed people around, around Dove Valley wrong. Yeah. He already knows that he's pissed off some people in the facility, but he's coming from the position that he just doesn't give a rip. This is how it's going to be, and he's not trying to make friends with anybody at the facility. George Payton's not going to be his Mickey Loomis. This isn't how it's going to go here. He is going to keep... A, a separation between people at the facility and himself, which is why we see him reaching out to national reporters as buddies. It, I did, think that's it. it did strike me that he's not making friends in the building, but still a guy who wants to have friends. He wants companionship, for sure. <laughs> yeah, because he was sitting at the breakfast table, you know, in September when everybody was gone. So to think the guy doesn't want to have friends is ridiculous. How about, uh, how about during his... Right after the 2019 NFC Championship game with the Rams and the Saints where they got the, you know, the P.I. call and then the rule next summer mm-hmm. was in, you know, put in place where yes. you can review pass interference. How about Sean just sitting on the couch inconsolable, slamming just chocolate ice cream and berating delivery boys? That was, that was a really telling part. There's, there's some anger that he's got and a vibe that he gives that 
his own wife, Skylene, admitted makes it sometimes difficult to be around him. Yeah, she said you never know who you're going to get. It's a bit of Jekyll and Hyde. And anybody in a relationship knows those. They make it work. Good for them. But that is always a weird spot to be in when you're always feeling like you have to walk on eggshells around your partner. all this personal stuff. It's an amazing psychological personal profile. Really good by Wickersham. And then you wonder, like, well, all right, okay, I get it, I guess. And then there's the the football side. And uh, one of the things that's getting a lot of attention, obviously, is is shutting down Russell Inc. That that's a quote in the piece. How about that? How about that? And that and that you can tell that was included because he bragged about that. That was a yeah. When I got here, I told Russell, "Stop bleeping, kissing babies, pal." You know, you need to play football, which he's not wrong. We were all saying that more we were or less. We all saying it. Right. So I had no issue with that. I think that was an interesting part that's come out of this piece is the backlash on that quote. I've seen a lot of people sort of go. Sort of emasculate your quarterback in print, though, a little bit, along with you naming the 15 pounds thing. Oh, 100%. I mean, so we got a couple of moments here with uh, Sean Payton and Russ that it's like, it, it is cl- I think this feels to me. That quote felt to me that's done on purpose. That that Sean Payne establishing, hey man, I'm, I'm the ch- captain. Yes, now. yes, yes. That's yes, what yes. it was. That's exactly what it was. But I don't think that's going to be a problem for Russell because whether or not Russell would have admitted it, he needed some of that responsibility taken off his plate because he flat out could not handle it. Man. I think it actually helps Russell a hundred percent, and it actually makes Russ look good because he didn't have to relent. Somebody came and took it from him, so Russ still has his pride which is maybe just a little silly, and I think that's what Sean Payton was telling him. Who are you trying to be? But, of course, these are all the things Russell was criticized for in Seattle, and these were the things that Pete Carroll had to try to keep under control, and this is why Russ wanted to cook and get out, and this is why the Seahawks wanted to get rid of him. All these things that Sean Payton is addressing that we all think we agree with him about are all the things that set Russell out of Seattle. So why, Matt, will it work now? Because why in is Seattle, it a good thing yeah. now? Well, because in Seattle, you are way too far down the road in the process to tell him to not be who he was. This is a fresh start here. And now Russell doesn't have the skins on the wall of having a very successful season here in Denver. So what in this article makes you think Sean Payton and Russell Wilson will actually work out? Because Sean Payton has control. And Russ mm-hmm. needed that taken off of his plate. And Sean Payton's a great football coach, okay. right? He's watching film by candlelight, the man. <laughs> do you believe he's a great coach? Yes. Do you yeah. believe he's – why Why do you think he's back coaching? To fill a void or scratch an itch? Both. Mm. Yeah. I think both. Just being coaching. He's just so passionate. You can see, it on, see him on the sideline. He loves the game. Loves the game. I love that part about it. It's a preseason game, and he's berating the refs. You do that because you have fire in your belly. And we haven't seen that in a, in a way where you know a coach can back it up, right? If Fangio was slamming his you know, uh, clipboard because John Harbaugh you know, continued his 100-yard you know, rushing game streak, there wasn't anything behind it. If Sean Payton slams his clipboard, there's something behind it. There's a reason why. Then we get to the football stuff. And that was amazing that he allowed Wickersham to come up into his office after that Wednesday catastrophic they lit practice candles. against the Rams. And he sits there with the reporter, knowing he's a reporter for ESPN. So with Jarrett Bell at the beginning of camp and Seth Wickersham at the end of camp. USA Today, ESPN.com. But then, but then, 
he takes Wickersham into the team meeting. <laughs> he took him into the team meeting. That was the part that surprised me. So. I, I was like, okay, you could keep him in your office and talk to him in your office. But then he took him from the office into the team meeting so he could see how he handled the players. And what did he do in the team meeting? Eventually, he told the Broncos why all of these pre-snap penalties weren't going to work. And then he showed them a highlight reel of Saints touchdowns. Yeah. And he said, they're not touchdowns by bleep it accident. So... I think some of that for, for, for players is maybe a little hard to connect with. We're going to find out. If a coach came in and just started cutting on his old highlight tapes, I'd be like, right. what, what are we doing? Like, when okay. you go on a date, do you start talking about your ex? Yeah. Let me swipe. Let me show you all these you know, me, spicy me, pics I got yeah. from the girls I've been with. Yeah, let me, yeah, yeah. I remember going on a date with my old girlfriend. It was way better than this. No, my girlfriend didn't like the lasagna. You should try something right, else. Right, 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 right. Baby pigs in a salad. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Broncos, you guys want a salad? No, I think you stay away from the meatballs. Let's uh, meatballs with all the meatballs. You know, we're getting rid of all the meatballs. Uh, What's interesting is he's a very complicated person. But very, when it comes yeah. to football, that's where he really feels at home. Mm-hmm. And that, that is why I think that they're going to have success and with him. he admits in this article that the Broncos had a hard time finishing against the Rams in the practice, and it raises questions. Do you Can you develop a winning attitude, Matt, when all you've been used to is losing? And that's where Prime just came in and... Like a bull in a china shop. Dude, so can Sean Payton have the same impact on a losing culture that Prime did? Can you... Do that in the NFL. Is he that guy? Is Sean Payton him when it comes to coaching as we now know Prime is? This is The Drive on the Fan. Do you believe? It's The Drive on Denver Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. C-Mac, Matt Smith, KJ. How is Chris Bryan doing these days? He's not playing. No. No, he set up shop in that training room. He's cashing those checks. Man, up. I got to admit, I've, I have fallen off the Rockies beat a little bit. No. I know, man. When they lose you, that's when you know. How oh, close man. are we to 100 got, losses Can I just here? say something, though? Can I just say something? Go ahead, pal. I saw the news that AT&T Sportsnet is, I guess, going to fold. Mm. And I don't know what's going to happen. I think... Altitude is going to, Kroenke is going to make a play for the rights to the Rockies, I think. If not, it'll be absorbed by Major League Baseball. And I know all those folks on the broadcast crew with the Rockies at AT AT&T Sportsnet, they are awesome, awesome, awesome people. I consider all of them friends. And uh, I am, I, I, whatever happens, I hope whoever picks up the Rockies games, this is my hope, I hope they pick up everybody who's doing the games right now. That's how good I think they are. And uh, I'm a fan of all of them, and I just hate to see it. Mm -hmm. Um, They're getting caught up in stuff that is totally uh, not under their control, and we're setting up a very odd situation next year. If, for example, Altitude does get the rights to the Rockies, um, is Comcast still going to hold this line, and are we – about to not have, you know, relatively easy access to the Rockies, too. I, I certainly hope not, and I am so hoping that this is a catalyst for just getting everybody back to the table and putting all of the games 
back on Comcast. And I do have Fubo. I have Comcast and Fubo. I'm one of those people, okay? One of the big dummies in the world that just pays, you know. Just out the nose for streaming. I'm just like an idiot because I just, I got to see the games. and, And I like my service with I'm happy with everything, but I'm realizing I'm an idiot. But I I I don't feel it feels weird to not just be able to put the Rockies on at night, even if they're doing lousy. And I haven't really done it recently, as I'm exposing myself. I told you I don't know what the heck's going on. But there's a lot of young talent there, and <clears throat> just assuming you can easily watch your hometown baseball team just kind of goes without saying. But we've also said that about hockey and basketball over the years for years. And yeah. while it's been four straight years, right, without it, gonna be five. Well, I hope not. I hope not. I hope, like I said, I hope this is the catalyst of of change. 23 games left. They are at 88 losses. They have series on the road with the Giants. Wow. Then they play the Cubs at home. So they've got 88 losses with 25 games left? 23. 23 games left. 23, 88. 88 losses. 12. They need to, they need to. Can they go 500? Let me tell you. No, it'd be a game. I'm sorry. It'd be a game above 500. You've got a road and a home series with San Francisco. You've got a road and a home series with the Cubbies. You've got a home series, a four-gamer with the Dodgers, and then you end the year with three against Minnesota. That's over 100 losses, pal. Wow. You might even get to 110. I mean, have the Rockies during any 24-game stretch this entire season (laughs) been at 500 or better? Probably not. At at any point. I'm sure. Can you find a 24-game stretch at any point in the season where they're 12 and 12? Or or I guess 12 and 11. They'd have to be a game over uh, a 23-game stretch. I highly doubt you could, and even if you could, I wouldn't care to. The record is 98 losses, though, not 99, correct? I think. Okay. I think. Okay. So I, I don't think that – I know they have They're going to clear it. I know they've never lost 100 games in a season. First time for everything. I don't think they've lost 99 games in a season. Well, but again, these are weird breaking records. Look, in Colorado here, we're all about breaking records. Unfortunately, they're the only ones breaking the bad ones. I feel bad for everybody, man. I feel bad for the Yeah, it fans. sucks when you have I a poorly bad. run organization. It really does. Um, <sighs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. It's just the truth. And no, everybody out there listening knows that, too. Yeah, so I can't argue with you. Although I was downtown this weekend, um, and uh, I, we were bumping around. My, my in-laws uh, hung out with my son. It was great. We went to snooze right near the ballpark. Sure. Had nothing to do with the ball game. It's just, you know, having the... Uh, the, the grandparents see their grandson downtown, just helping them out with all that, showing them around. And you know what? Then the game crept up on us. So we're eating at Snooze. Here's the game. Here's the ballpark traffic. And I'm just like, this is exciting. There's a vibe here. And my son goes, yeah, I'm going to the game with Buddy. And I was like a tinge of jealousy. I'm sure you were. <laughs> You're always looking for friends right. to hey. join you with hey. fun things. You're not inviting Dad? No. Dad, Dad no. you don't want Dad to come? Yeah. And then, he, then we just dropped him off. I'm it's like, the Rocky game. What do you think they're doing at the Rocky I game? I was like, goodbye, son. And there was part of me, heartstrings, like. Four or five beers, KJ. What do you think? Four or five beers for what? Your son. <laughs> I don't know, man, but I was, I was the heartstrings. Like, that's the moment in the movie where the, the string swells come up, and he takes a couple steps, and then he stops, and he looks back over his shoulder, and he goes, mm-hmm. Dad, you want to come with me to the game? You just, and that's, that's we the need to get him I, some friends. I, I look at my wife, and I look at the grandparents in the back. we got to find I, you some friends. I get the no-shawn tear coming down. I said, son, I, I'd love to go with you to the game. And I look at my wife, and I said, would you mind if I go with my son to a baseball game? And she looks at me lovingly and says, no, honey, that would be amazing. And I was waiting for that moment, and, and instead he just walked. He never looked back. Mm-mm. 
See ya. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Uh, I love my kid. Hey, Matt, I'm going to vote seven. Seven? Yeah, that's what that's what I'm thinking too. Well, you don't want Dad around after you hit five. No, yeah, guess, guess, no. guess, guess where he was getting tickets. He had not had tickets. Guess where he was getting tickets. on the street. Oh, in the ballpark, guess where he was trying to get tickets for? Where in the stadium? No, party day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. I told you. He's going up there to have a good time. Says, where, where are you sitting, son? He goes, I haven't bought tickets. Like, where are you going? Goes, you just buy rooftop tickets. The ironic part is like, if there's a dad. to be 23? The ironic part is if there's a dad to drink with, it's probably you. Dude. You would be a great drinking dad. Dude, let's wreck shop. You, you're all about it. And let's talk to some some girls. There have been some nights when I <laughs> there have been some nights when I've tried to pull away and I've tapped out. And there's Dmac shot no, in a beer. No, I, uh, I hang you're on. a great you're a great drinking dad. Here's Joe Lombardi as we smoothly transition to the Broncos talking about game planning for the Raiders. Yeah, I think um, you know we were just saying it's always you get a lot more comfortable week five when you've got like four games, current season, current cast of characters. Um, so we got a ton of film to watch, but. Every staff in the off season is, uh, you know, self scouting, doing research, making tweaks. Um, obviously, you know, just like we have extra time, they have extra time to prepare for this game. So, um, yeah, the unknown unknowns are always something that keeps you up at night. And uh, you know, in between series, we'll be heavy in those pictures and, and seeing, you know, what's changed, what's different, what are they doing? Maybe that's giving us problems. KJ, you just sent us this uh, tweet from uh, our guy, Mike Cliss. Here's Raiders week. What it's meant, as you brought up a little bit earlier, Josh Jacobs, seven games against Denver, 85, buck 12, 89, 53, 129, 144, 109, 103 per nine touchdowns, seven and zero in the seven games that he's played the Broncos. Now, the Broncos have lost, as you astutely pointed out, six games in a row. So Max Crosby does have a loss in there. He's 6-1. and one. But in his last seven games, in terms of sacks, one and a half, one, one, three, one, two, two, 11 and a half sacks, Matt, in seven games. Yowza. And the Raiders are 6-1. and one. Okay. How much of an issue are these two in particular dudes against the Denver Broncos when you're game planning against the Raiders? Huge issues. I mean, Max Crosby will wreck the game. You're talking about a player that has given them serious issues in the past. Now, hopefully, with the addition of Mike McGlinchey, you probably wish he'd get a little bit better there where he's just not absolutely eating you alive because it's not just what he's doing sacking you. It's the tackles for loss, the running backs in the backfield. We've seen him absolutely destroy the Broncos' game plan on a number of occasions. Look, Denver's offensive line has to get a fast start because you're telling me that Josh McDaniels doesn't know that Mike McGlinchey's missed all of training camp. I would bet you dollars to donuts that Max Crosby is lined up right over McGlinchey to start the season. First snap defensively for the Raiders. We're going to hear how Jerry Judy's doing. I think he's making some progress, and... Hear from VJ on preparing for Jimmy G. Man, that Jimmy G. Good-looking fella. This is The Drive on the Fan. It's The Drive on Denver Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. We'll get back to the Broncos here in a heartbeat. Football at four. We'll hear from BJ. More from Joe Lombardi, Pastor Tan. All still to come. My guy Matt Smith is with me today, and I love Matt. Love you too. Because uh, nobody. Love you too, KJ. Nobody. Share the love. 
Nobody is just more wired in to see you than my guy, Matt. Let's go. It's been and, a long time. And, and yeah, it's not it's not a just a last second sort of thing. Mm-mm. I mean, from the time you were in school calling games to just living and being from, you know, the Boulder area and uh and just the coverage that you've you've done well right now, this year, but that's not just this year, it's gone to years past. So my guy Matt is all fired up about everything. I'm fired up, man. You're Big new kickoff. Up. I mean, how could you not be? This is when you have a good college football program in the state. There's something that there's a community aspect to it, especially when they've been bad for so long. And the fact that even Jimmy Horn Jr., one of their wide receivers who went for 100 yards, one of the four yesterday, was asked if they were America's team. And he said, how could we not be? We're popping right now. And they are. Now, I don't know if this – what's interesting is if you lose to Nebraska, how much of that still is around. Then I think you take a little bit of the wind out of the sails. <laughs> I don't think that happens at all. This is a fun one. Jimmy Horn Jr. doesn't know why he hates Nebraska, but he does. <laughs> I, I asked him about that. Oh, that's awesome. All right, here we go. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's hear it. Jimmy, have you found oh, a reason to hate Nebraska yet? <laughs> no, but I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> when it's robbery, it's robbery, so it's smoke. Uh, that's pretty funny, man. Yeah, that's the first thing I asked him. First question of the presser. I said, Jimmy, have you found a reason to hate Nebraska yet? <laughs> I don't know. Because he goes, no, but I hate him. But I hate him. He That's goes, I'll awesome. have to do some research. That's great. So I have a little more hate in my heart. They're preaching it, though, man. They're preaching it. You know, I said something to a friend today. They were like, well, I just don't know. You know, maybe they're looking ahead to Oregon next week at CSU. I said, the one thing with Prime that you do not have to worry about is that he's going to have his guys locked in to play. Mm-hmm. He'll have them ready to play each week with an individual focus. There won't be any looking ahead here. There really won't. And, and I don't know that I've ever been able to say that before. Yeah. It's just the way that they sell it, man. They, they do a hell of a job up there. They really do. Now, let's see how it plays out this weekend. I was reading about Jeff Sims, Nebraska's quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's had a couple of other games where he's thrown multiple interceptions in his career because he's a transfer. I think he played at Georgia Tech. He's come back the next week and had big, big days. Yeah, and Nebraska's passing offense against Minnesota was awful. Well, it sounds you know I didn't watch that game, but just reading the box score and looking at the numbers, the whole thing sounds like a drudge. You know, it was a snooze fest. Yeah, it it sounds just like yeah, it was terrible. And then they choked at the last minute, like they always do. But they were on the road in Minnesota and had the lead. Now it was a low-scoring game. This is this is where it comes down to. And I was talking. All right, let me ask you this about Nebraska's defense, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It is that looks like a slog through the mud, but was one of the reasons because Nebraska's defense is actually pretty good. Yeah, they're better. Yeah, they're better than TCU's defense for sure. For sure, I think they're going to be able to cause Colorado some issues as far as pass rush and stopping the run. But DMAC, you can't keep that offense down. You can't. You you just can't. We only saw a little bit of what they're going to deploy because it was all the quick game, and one of the questions that we had heading into it was, well, how would CU cope with a less-than-elite offensive line? Quick game, run game. The run game wasn't as effective as they would have liked, so I think this week you're going to see a lot more of the ground game from the Buffs. But what people up there are expecting out of Nebraska is a lot of off coverage, a lot of zone coverage, because Shadour absolutely shredded TCU in man coverage. I mean, they had 400-yard receivers. Nebraska would be pretty silly to come out and roll out with that game plan defensively. Okay. So they expect a lot, but... I don't know that that's going to work either. 
because they've got legit dudes who can sit down in the zone and should rule just sit there and pick you apart. But it's kind of like we see in the NFL with Mahomes. You take away the home run ball, you play two high safeties, and you make them beat you underneath. And then hopefully you can hold them to field goals where they displayed, you know, some, some struggles there on Saturday. I'll tell you this. It would be pretty disappointing. Oh, yeah. If they don't beat Nebraska now. Oh, it would be a huge, huge blow. Yeah. Huge blow. I don't, like think, the it, I don't bar, think that happens. The bar, I don't think it happens either. I, I think they're, not only do I think they're going to win, I think they're going to win relatively easily. But there's always the other side of the possible coin. Of course. But I, I do think all the things you said are true. I think Prime is going to have them ready to go. I think they're the better team. I think the environment of Folsom is going to be bananas. I think it's an early start, but they'll they'll be so pumped up. That's that's fine. Everybody will be excited for it. It's going to be a crazy environment. It's going to be awesome at a very early time in the morning, but it doesn't matter. It'll be 5 a.m. It'll be nuts. 5 a.m. is when the big noon kickoff fan lot opens. I think 7 is when everything starts, and then 10 a.m. is kickoff. I'll tell you this. Everybody I know that's alumni is back in town. Everybody I know. You know, the basketball weekend has their alumni weekend, so you got a bunch of the NBA players that played in that program back in town. And Prime told us this week he's got a bunch of friends that are definitely coming that he's gonna that we're going to love to see. I don't know who that is, if that's Snoop, if that's, you know, Stephen A. and Keyshawn and all those guys, but it's going to be a rare sight up on Saturday. Wait, are you going to that? No, which yeah, game I'm, are you going I'm, to? I'm, 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 flying, I'm flying to Colorado for the game. That's my intent. Come on down, Steve. Sure oh. my VIP passes. Like, what do you love? What not these fans? Like, but I'm, I'm, I'm not sitting in stands, Paul. If they got my VIP well, hold up, ready, Paul. I'm rolling what? to you the game. You mean to tell me... You mean to tell me that sitting on the couch on Saturday afternoon with him on that stupid sideline, you're not going to root for Nebraska to ruin his day? Yes, you no, are. No, shove it, Russo. Because I'm rooting for Dion. Russo can shove it. So Stephen A's coming. Shannon's coming. Club Shay Shay's coming. Club Shay Shay's coming back. Club Shay Shay's coming back. You know what's what's funny about the whole thing is we are really just Matt Smith going to be there? Matt Smith will be there. Wow. Matt Smith will be there. One T? One T. One T's gonna Only be one T will be there. One T. <laughs> what's, what's interesting here is this is just a glimpse of what this could turn into. Mm. Because I couldn't really point to a program outside of Miami that plays with as much swag as Colorado carries themselves with. Mm. And if you can develop this team, if you can win some games this year, we're talking about seven plus, Next season, watch out. Watch out. It's going to be fun. Can't lose. No. Not to Nebraska. No, they won't. They won't. You, in Prime's first home game? Is anybody wearing any red today? You got any red? Absolutely. You want to hear something funny? Yes. How am I doing? I think I'm good. Yesterday we hey, showed up. Hey, where are you at? You got any red on? No. no. All right. Yeah, Yesterday we showed up, and one of the student reporters for one of the other publications had a red shirt on, and two of us looked at him. Just like cross-eyed for a second, he goes, "What? Like you're wearing a red shirt?" He was like, "Oh my god, I live like two blocks away. I'll go." So he no, literally he ran home no, and grabbed a different. Swear to God, that's awesome. True story. That's awesome. Well, it's that week, man. It's the Raiders. It's the uh, it's it's Nebraska. Uh, it's been fun asking questions. Would you rather do this or do that? You know, would you rather go to one game or another? I just, you know, I think there's going to be people that do the two for, and oh, yeah. uh, you know that's going to be a blast too. But but either way, no matter how you slice and dice it, with the NFL opening up and all the excitement with a, another huge game for CU, you can't go wrong being in the state of Colorado. That's for sure. And speaking of the NFL season, we have breaking news 
about a significant development with tonight's game that could have a massive impact on the outcome. Details about that breaking news coming up with Football at 4 next.